Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, chapter 2, verse 15, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or families. In my current responsibilities with Nazarene Discipleship International, I have to do a lot of flying. The airlines provide traveling support through trained flight attendants. These flight attendants used to be called stewards and stewardesses. The primary responsibilities of these employees are passenger care and safety. They steward or give care to the needs of the people on the flight and ensure the safest possible environment for flying. In the Church of Nazarene, church boards are made up of two different assigned roles. Trustees, who look after the physical and financial assets of the church, and stewards, who take care over the ministries of the church. Stewardship might be defined as the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. As followers of Jesus, we've been given stewardship of many areas, both physical and spiritual. As examples, we've been given the responsibility to steward God's creation. We are stewards of God's blessings and financial resources in our lives. And we are stewards of God's grace as he has lavished upon us. In the week's past, uh, in the week's lesson, uh, we will look at the biblical call to stewardship in its many facets. As we start, I would like to remind us that stewardship is not just a responsibility, a task that's assigned to us. It's actually a way of life, a way of living, being a steward of all God's blessings. It encompasses how we see ourselves, the resources around us and at our disposal, and how our use of them defines our relationship to this world and to others. Stewardship is really the way of living abundantly. It is part of living the holiness life to which God has called us and enabled us to live by his spirit. To consider a biblical worldview of stewardship, I would like to take us back to the beginning, to the creation account found in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Genesis 1 and 2 actually give two parallel accounts of creation. The first account is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 3. The second account is found in Genesis 2, verse 4 through verse 25. Both accounts describe how God brought order out of chaos and emptiness. 
In the first account, in Genesis chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 28, we read the following. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then I'm going to read the other Genesis account, verse 15 of chapter 2 in Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. The first three words of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, are the starting place of stewardship. God blessed them. Our stewardship begins with understanding that everything in the universe belongs ultimately to God, not us. We are blessed by God to enjoy what we have. In other words, our resources are his blessing. And we are stewards of that which God has given to us. Let me point out a few special notes from this short verse. First, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God effectively conferred the blessing of fertility on humanity. God said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. God, the creator, was responsible for the gift that made it possible to conceive, give birth, and thrive. In this context, the sanctity of life that we hear much about today, among other things, is a stewardship issue for the people who follow God. Christians are called to be holy stewards of God's good gift of fertility. Second, notice that among his creation, God only spoke to humans. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, God said to them, in creating humanity in his image and likeness, men and women are capable of a relationship with God Almighty. And finally, number three, God granted humanity, his image bearers, authority to subdue the earth and to rule over the animals. A responsible, as responsible beings, God authorized humans to represent him on earth as caretakers of creation, trusted stewards of what belongs to God. We are empowered to rule as stewards on behalf of the king who's the owner. Our rule should reflect the character and purposes of his rule. In other words, we are to rule God's creation as he would rule over his creation. In the second creation account of uh, Genesis chapter 2, we find that caring for the Garden of Eden is a part of the perfect condition of earth before sin entered. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. The fall of Adam and Eve had not yet taken place. In that pre-sin, perfect world, 
stewardship of the earth was already human's responsibility. Work or employment was an essential part of what it meant to be human from the beginning. Work became futile drudgery only as a consequence of the fall as seen in Genesis chapter three. The bottom line is that the stewardship of God's blessings is a part of God's perfect plan for, create, for his creation. While stewardship was God's plan from the beginning, it continues to be his plan for today. As we move to the New Testament to look at this concept of stewardship, we will notice a similar pattern. God blesses us. Everything came from God and belongs to him. We are responsible to care for, to look after what he gives us. But the Apostle Paul will add a few other principles to our understanding of stewardship. The Apostle Paul added, God's blessings in our lives are for the sake of others. And when we use our blessing to help others, the result is praise to God. And as we pour out our blessing on others, God will replenish our storehouse. With that quick overview, let's jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. Remember this, the Apostle Paul says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with every, everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And then I wanna read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As you can see, the Apostle Paul devoted considerable time and energy organizing a collection of money to assist impoverished Jewish believers in Jerusalem. 
he encouraged his Gentile churches to contribute generously as an expression of their solidarity with the mother church. You might have noticed that Paul never once referred to money explicitly in this passage. Instead, he referred to seed. In verse 6, Paul is re uh, referencing a familiar agricultural truism that he wrote in Genesis, I'm sorry, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He said, a man reaps what he sows. Paul is speaking of the blessing of God of which we are called to be stewards. He is saying that both good and bad conduct with God's blessings have consequences. Paul goes on to share at least four theological convictions about generous giving. First, we should always give from the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. A generous giving should be undertaken thoughtfully, liberally, voluntarily, and cheerfully. Worldly culture calls us to harbor and protect what we have. We may give, but we often give moderately, carefully, safely. But God desires a generous giver who is cheerful and joyful in the giving. The Greek word translated cheerful is hilarion. It's the source of the English word hilarious. The idea is give not till it hurts, give until it makes you laugh. Of course, giving sacrificially and by faith requires us to trust God in new ways. This kind of giving requires faith and trust in Almighty God. So we might say stewardship as generosity is caring for others as God takes care for us. Second, God is the source of all giving. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, through your through his poverty, might become rich. To be sure, human generosity is an appropriate response to God's already proven generosity to us. But even the gifts we have are from him. In our passage today, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. King David understood this in the Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14, he said, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We've given away only what you have given to us. God graciously showers his love on cheerful givers by giving all they need spiritually and materially to enable them to bless others. Third, giving 
enriches the giver. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, Paul quotes Psalm chapter 112, verse 9, where it says, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. They will be remembered, you see, not for the estate that they leave their children, but for the wealth they generously scatter as gifts to the poor. God would provide the Corinthians and us the seed, that is, our financial resources. These resources are given so that we may be generous with others. And in giving to others, God would be more, he would more than replenish the storehouse so that we might be even more generous in the future. What is the result of such generous giving? The generous givers are more definitely blessed in every way. But not only is the giver blessed, the recipients of their generosity are also enabled to offer thanksgiving to God. You see, the fourth point is that giving evokes the worship of God and thanksgiving to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12 says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. When we practice kingdom stewardship, we are participating with God in his redemptive, restoring work. Our generosity affects God's gracious work in a fallen and broken world. When healing and restoration happens, praise to God results. A wounded creation is moved to joyous thanksgiving and worship. So many stories I could tell here. I'll give just one. I have a friend who gives hilariously. One time he gave a gift to his church, which enabled that church to purchase a new facility in cash. The gift totally surprised the pastoral staff of the church. Months later, without his name attached to the gift, the pastor shared the news with the congregation. There, my friend sat in the church listening to the congregation praise God for how God had supplied the needs of the church to reach more people. The giver, blessed in every way. The recipients, able to offer thanksgiving to God. Have you ever given to someone anonymously and later heard through the grapevine how much it blessed the recipient, causing them to praise God? What joy it is for the giver to hear such news. As we have seen, stewardship involves caring for God's creation and caring for God's financial blessings in our lives. It's also important to speak of stewardship when we consider our response to God's grace in our lives. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You see, we've been blessed by God with gifts, grace gifts. Those gifts are to be a blessing to others just like we have said in our other examples today. Therefore, 
we must be faithful in stewarding such gifts for the glory of God. God has blessed you and me. Everything you and I have ultimately came from God and belongs to him. We are responsible to care for, to look after what he gives us. God's blessings in our lives are for the sake of others. When we use our blessings to help others, the result is praise to God. And as we pour out our blessing on others, God will replenish our storehouse. We might call this the cycle of stewardship. Jump into the cycle today and may God be forever praised. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.